For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. down right away this is boise state byu and this is the believe network and the kingdom of pod boise state football podcast jeff caves here in flower mound just to get some of the i guess business matters out of the way first i appreciate you joining me i hope that you enjoy these i do enjoy putting them together sort of a a little break and everything else that i'm doing uh here in flower mound texas uh professionally uh business wise uh working on the Famous Idaho Potato Bowl radio network, uh, ad sales, and getting all that organized. So if you, you know, have thought about that, I can, I can help you if you want to reach a nationwide audience right there from Boise. But, you know, watching Boise State football is, is awesome. Watching it from here is different. Uh, a lot of us would rather be at these stadiums, but that's not necessarily the opportunity uh, that we have. So please uh, stay in touch. Uh, send me an email. You can subscribe to these podcasts. If you know how to do that, it's quite simple. Go to your, uh, wherever you get these podcasts, you can hit subscribe and they'll just come to you and you can get them right where your podcasts are as I cut new ones. And I do put new ones out all the time. Uh, if you want them emailed to you, go to kingdomofpod.mailchimps.com and you can sign up there and then I'll just email them to you until you get the hang of uh, having it subscribed and then the rest of it really it's pretty easy to figure it out from there. I just appreciate you listening. Pass it on to friends. Uh, tell them to go to that kingdomofpod.mailchimps.com site, and they can figure out what's going on with this podcast and follow Boise State football uh, year-round as we take a closer look at it and review it. You know, everybody's reviewing everything. It helps other people to listen to it. Why should I listen to this? You tell them. Um, give them an idea of what you get out of it, and I would appreciate that. Uh, very much. Let's look at the Boise State-BYU game, though. Certainly a lot has been written and said about the ranking of the opponent, the number of people in the stands and all that. But, hey, it really starts, I think, on the field for me. And that's as important or as more important than anything else. And the play of Jack Sears from last week is where a lot of us paid attention. Uh, I think he had a great game. I don't want to take anything away from him. When you go 17 of 20 for 280 yards and three touchdowns, I mean, come on. He hit some huge throws, and I'll talk about that. But I went back and watched some of the big plays that he had, and there's certainly some things that BYU saw, I'm sure, that they're going to want to see if he can duplicate. Uh, there were a lot of attempts by Coach Keesaw to cut the field in half, uh, to give him one or two reads. Uh, the defensive backs from Air Force were nowhere near as athletic or as good as BYU's defensive backs are going to be. So uh, and that was a different situation uh, for Boise State and a different opportunity. Um, the first play of the game, I mean, he knew going in that he was going to fake a handoff 
sit back and throw it 75 yards downfield to C.T. Thomas. And that's what he did. He executed it flawlessly, but he didn't have to make a lot of different reads. And uh, the second series that he came out, it was third and four. He ended up scrambling, kind of didn't have what he was looking for. Uh, then he had a third and three. He got blitzed, and he just threw the ball away, which was a smart move. But I thought that's that's where the trouble may have started, but it really didn't. Uh, Air Force wasn't effectively able to blitz um, Jack Sears much throughout that game. He did a lot of play action. He had some run game that was working for him, even though they lost Helani. It was a lot of one-read stuff, uh, nice play action passes to wide receivers, check down throws to Bates at tight end. Uh, there was a second and six play where he had one read. Uh, he rolled out, and he then ultimately ran. And and those kinds of limited option plays, when you're as athletic as he is, can be very successful until something catches up with you. But he did make some great throws. It gave me a lot of hope for the future. He hit Octavius Evans on a great rollout touchdown. He Rolled out another time and avoided some pressure, and he hit a pass to his right, showing a lot of poise. I think he got more comfortable as that first half uh, developed. He threw a nice screen pass where he has to be patient, throw some, uh, show some touch and some read. He had a great touchdown throw uh, uh, to C.T. Thomas, who had to wait for the football, but it was a tremendous throw. He had one read, and it was C.T., and he, he did it flawlessly. And then he followed it up with, I thought, one of his better throws of the entire game. Uh, that deep ball throw to Shakir for 47 yards was unbelievable. So all in all, pretty good start for Jack Sears. But Boise State's definitely going to have to run the football a lot better. Get more people involved uh, in the run game. So if they have a, a, valuable, uh, opportun a valuable backup in Hank Bachmeyer, if he's the backup, then maybe you can run Sears a little bit more because Hank ultimately would be uh, available. So I still think there is a huge uh, gap for improvement for Sears, but, man, he's starting from a pretty good spot. Well, speaking of uh, betting on pretty good spots, why don't you go to betonline.ag and do it right now. You can start betting for the Boise State-BYU game if that's what you want to do. It's a two-point line. Uh, Boise State at home in Albertson Stadium. And they're a two-point underdog. Doesn't happen often. If you want to jump on that like I would, all you got to do is get online, get your account established. To, they got great sign-up bonuses. It adds some excitement for some people to games. If, if you want to have a little bit more on the line, some of you are fantasy football folks. Others just like to have a bet on the game. Do it at betonline.ag today. Great sign-up bonuses. Betonline.ag. Sign up right now all right a little closer and a little deeper dive look at byu right now we'll take a full look at byu and break that down but uh, coming up also a closer look at byu's motivation for this game and how they are looking at their bowl game season a great note on boise state and their accomplishments and a recruiting update on a linebacker uh jai jones who i saw recently but let, let's focus on byu for a second um this is a 7-0 undefeated team. Uh, their best win was against Houston, which isn't the same, but they still uh, did quite well. Um, they beat Houston pretty badly, 43-26. Uh, 
the other opponents that BYU has beaten, uh, Conference USA and Sun Belt opponents, some of them can be better than others. And Troy and La Tech, you know, have had some great times. San Antonio is kind of coming on. But they've Boise State's been in this role so many times that, you know, we have a different perspective when it's Boise State that's 7-0 against that kind of schedule. It's just that, you know, BYU has beaten some teams, but they've lost to a lot of teams over the last 10 years that a Boise State hasn't lost to as frequently. So it's hard to have the same kind of confidence and belief for some in BYU. But I still think this is the best opponent on Boise State's schedule. I still think this is an opponent that's capable of beating uh, – almost any Power 5 school because of their quarterback play. And I say potential because they can all come together in three for a one three-hour period. And we should never forget that. You play the way the day you play. And that's why we all have to give our best when we go out there to get that done no matter what uh, we're doing if we're playing sports. But, you know, BYU's only got a couple of games left after this one. Um, they've got Northern Alabama on the 21st of November, so they're going to take a couple weeks off here. and And then they have, like, three or four weeks almost off after the Northern Alabama game, they end their season with San Diego State. So in their mind, you know, they're really wrapping it up here. Uh, they're getting down to it. They're not going to get jacked up for Northern Alabama, and they're really not going to get that jacked up for San Diego State. I think this is the emotional peak for BYU. They're bringing in a kid who's extremely familiar with the Bronco program and Zach Wilson. They have an offensive coordinator in Jeff Grimes who knows all about Albertson Stadium. They're bringing in a team that's never won in Albertson Stadium, and they're bringing them in at a time when there's nobody in Albertson Stadium, although I understand they're letting in parents, the band, and some select students. That will make a difference. No question about that. Will it make 36,000 fans difference? No way. But maybe with the lack of fans for a couple of weeks, you know, this will be enough of a difference. Uh, the kids are going to have uh, something to say about that when it's, you know, all said and done. So one thing to, to keep in mind, and I know this is a little off the subject, of course, with BYU and Boise State, but, but I do want to mention this. And then I'll get back to Jeff Grimes' last year's game and the game plan and, and things that they did to hurt Boise State last season. We're in an unprecedented time in sports in America. And I've often held, and some others as well, that we're going to get to a point where we're playing games for television anyway. And this is a really great example of the lengths that we're willing to go to play football games in order to get television revenue because there's no other revenue that they're really receiving other than the TV revenue. And so all of these universities who've locked up students, uh, who've locked them out of classes and you know, all that, they're still willing to let kids who can pass COVID tests play football against each other because they want the money. Let's, let's just, just call it what it is. So that's how important it is. But we're also in an incredible time in all of pro sports because they're all playing for money. Players for their contracts, owners for the television money, television networks for the advertising revenue uh, that comes with these televised games. And I don't see much drop-off in the quality of play at the NFL level. I know you can start pointing at penalties or holding or turnovers and some of that. But these guys seem pretty motivated to me. And this is going to be the, 
I guess, incubator for television executives and anybody involved in, in sports to really look at the impact of playing sports without fans. And can players get motivated? Uh, do fans still react the same way? Uh, are the, is there the same kind of emotional commitment to watching a television broadcast? These are all, I think, very important subjects to be studied because I've thought that we're going to get to a point where we're not going to be building these monster stadiums. We're going to build monster sound stages with all kinds of computer graphics to take you to places you didn't think you were. And you're just going to experience it through screens or through virtual reality headsets that you wear or something. And you're going to be fully immersed in enjoying it. And no matter how uh, that is, if you enjoy the experience, it may not be, well, geez, you know, I couldn't go. Or, geez, there was nobody at the game. Because they can get out of those stadiums, get into more soundstage-oriented stuff, more television production, you know, 1,000 fans there for effect and just go from there. There's a lot of things that could be changing in pro sports and uh, I, and sports for colleges as well. But I don't want to get too far off the, the path. But that, that idea came through my mind and uh, this is going to be a test of television executives and sports industry people are going to look back and say, were people motivated? Did they watch it? Uh, did it work? Do we really need all these stadiums and spend all that money for all that? Or can we start doing everything for television and let people experience games that way and make as much or more money? So enough uh, about that. Let's go back to Boise State and BYU and last year's game, which was in Provo. And I was there along with uh, a collection of boosters and friends of mine. We had uh, come in and went to the game and, and were, were – were Grant Peterson, Jim Kistler, long-time Boise State fans that have followed the program for years, and Kevin Loveless, and uh, my friend Tyler Frizzell. These guys have been to sporting events all over the world. It was the worst weather any of us had ever seen. I mean, it was the worst rain and wind, and it was a sloppy game. But on the field, BYU just out-executed, I thought, Boise State. They won the game 28-25. to Jeff Grimes put together, I thought, a once-in-a-lifetime game plan. He had Boise State perfectly dialed up. It was as if that was his off-season mission. It was as if he had been preparing for Boise State and saving plays for that particular game, uh, beginning with the previous season, the off-season, and everything else. Uh, there was misdirection. Uh, there was misplay by Boise State. Chase Cord giving up a couple of interceptions. Hank Bachmeyer didn't play. Chase uh, took over. Uh, they made the quarterback a run number. Remember, Zach Wilson didn't play here. Uh, Grimes had a fake fumble on a fourth and one and threw a touchdown pass to a wide-open tight end against Boise State. They had a double reverse flea flicker for 39 yards that caught Boise State off guard. Um, I thought they beat them uh, ultimately in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> and then on a critical fourth and one with a couple of minutes to go and Boise State running out of timeouts, BYU went for it. They went for it on fourth and one, and they got it. They started celebrating, and uh, it was over. 
and and they they made it a big celebration, and uh, they did it without Zach Wilson. So I, I I don't know how that affected Boise State emotionally to see the reaction from BYU, but they really celebrated that game and celebrated in a big way. This the Kingdom of Pod, the Boise State football podcast on the Believe Network. Let's get a breakdown now for the game tomorrow night. Boise State BYU has had plenty of hype, and let's break it down from an offensive and defensive uh, perspective, starting with maybe as critical as as anything to the Boise State operation is always the Boise State offense against the BYU defense. A lot of speculation about who will start a quarterback. I'm just going to stay with Jack Sears. Hey, listen, if I had to get a quarterback ready on a short week with all the distractions that are going on, one last practice on Tuesday, I'd love to have Hank Bachmeyer. But until I see more tangible evidence, I'm going to focus on Jack Sears and assume maybe that's what coaches are doing as well because the quicker they can make a decision and move on, it's easier to get somebody prepared. So the next step with Sears, though, will be, I think, Getting him past a check down throw, I don't know that that's going to necessarily cut it against BYU. The run game is going to have to be pretty strong, and it doesn't look like Halani is going to be out there. I think it's a 50-50 or less shot. Leg injuries, you don't most often if you miss the whole game. They're not career-ending, but you missed the whole game. You couldn't go back in, and they needed him against Air Force. Does not give me a good feeling. So... I'm looking at one strategy that must work, though, and that is the BYU run defense has to be brought into play. And you've got to get them committing more people than they would like to at the line of scrimmage. They have a strong enough defensive line. They've got some great linebackers that if you do not make them honor the run, will get into your throwing lanes. And if you remember last year's game, Chase Cord had two interceptions with linebackers, and they were pretty good Linebacker interceptions, one of them specifically. So you want to take them and make them more run honest so you have an opportunity to throw over their head. And looking at BYU, they've given up almost 200 yards per game on the ground. But at the same time, the average score at the half has been like 26 to 7. So I don't know if a lot of those run yards came in the second half when teams were just kind of running out the score because a lot of teams have been down by some pretty big margins uh, to BYU. So Boise State's going to have to run it with somebody other than Halani, uh, Van Buren, or however they can do it. It could even be a quarterback. And I'd like to see Sears be more of a run number. If they know Hank Bachmeyer is almost available or can be available soon, maybe that'll happen. Uh, It would all help if Sears would get some of those uh, opportunities to run with the football, not just scramble it. So if Boise State does get into a game where they have to throw a ball, the ball a lot because they're down by a couple of scores, BYU is going to blitz them, and they're very effective. They're very good at it. They have 18 sacks on the year. Uh, two guys to keep your eye on, I think, all night are Kafusi, uh, who will be nice to see him finally leave, and Batty, another critical defensive player, a defensive lineman who puts a lot of pressure for BYU. So I think Boise State has their work cut out for them there, but they better run the ball and they better not just let uh, BYU drop back into pass coverage. Boise State's defense against BYU's offense starts perhaps with Zach Wilson. He's hit 75% of his passes, 19 touchdowns, two interceptions. We all know that. But to me, you know, he hits almost 15 yards per completion. 
And BYU averages seven yards a play. So I know they've played some inferior defenses, but they've been extremely productive at what they do. To get to the next level of success against Wilson, they're going to have to pressure him. And BYU has played seven games. They've only given up four sacks. So that hasn't always been successful. Great test for us all. Dimitri Washington gone. Can Shane Irwin step it up and get it done? Uh, the pressure is the best way to slow Zach Wilson down. So if you have to blitz it and disguise it, you know, fake that you're going to drop and then come late on longer routes, do whatever you have to do. But remember, one thing about BYU from last year's game I learned is Jeff Grimes is ready to roll. The offensive coordinator, the former offensive line coach at Boise State, called a tremendous game against Boise State in Provo last year. He's got trick plays. He's got misdirection. He's got shovel passes. And if they can't get pass rush and, and Wilson starts picking them apart and they get down by some scores, this could be pretty rough. But in the end, I still like Boise State in a place they've never lost to BYU. So this could be it, even though BYU is going to be so emotionally high. Take the points if they're giving them to you and the Broncos. That's a no-brainer, and I think they can still come out 31-28. to 28. Don't forget, if you like what you hear here, you may love the Kingdom of Pod, a Boise State football podcast each week on the Believe Podcast Network. Just search it out on Google, Jeff Caves, Boise State Podcast, or go over to kingdomofpod.mailchimps.com. Motivation is always huge in football, and sometimes it can push you to places that you didn't know you could get. And, you know, BYU is the kind of football team right now that's looking for motivation. And, you know, they want to keep an undefeated season. And they've got to look at their end of season and try to understand what that is. Now, from an administrator's perspective, you know, they have no bowl game right now organized. They're an independent team. They're not in a conference. And it's not even really accurate to say that if they finish the season undefeated, that they're going to get into the New Year's Day 6. I think it's a real long shot. First of all, we forget, but they are not eligible to be a part of the group of five's automatic berth into the New Year's Day 6 bowl games. They're not in that category. So the way for BYU to get into a New Year's Day 6 bowl game is they got to finish undefeated. And then they got to beat out the one and two lost schools that come out of those Power Five conferences. And I just don't think this is the kind of year where they're going to be willing to give up that kind of money uh, to a school they really don't owe anything to. And there won't be any ties to do that. And, and, and on top of that, the biggest reason is unfortunately BYU is not going to have any Power Five wins to prove that they belong in a New Year's Day 6 environment. And oftentimes, as we know with Boise State, those non-conference Power 5 wins convince everybody that they belong to get a shot uh, against another Power 5 school in one of those big-time bowl games. And, and that's just not going to be as easy, nor I think is a great possibility for BYU. It's going to be very tough. And they'll have to have a lot of things go their way, which, hey, in this COVID time, it can be possible. There, there could be schools that by the time these New Year's Day 6 bowl game births are announced and coming out that 
they're done because they've had too many COVID uh, challenges or whatever else you can name. There, there can still be problems. So they're still playing for that. I get it. But I, I'm saying from an administrative perspective, it's a long shot that they would get that kind of opportunity. So this BSU win, though, is their best possibility. You know, San Diego State is who they end the season with. That can uh, be an opportunity for uh, BYU as well. But a lot more football to be played before we get uh, too carried away with that. We already talked uh, about that. But I think another piece of news that came out that attracted my attention and, and others uh, was that Boise State, by virtue of the win over Air Force, uh, became the all-time winningest FBS football program. Now, <laughs> let's not forget what I just said. The all-time winningest FBS football program. We read a lot of superlatives about Boise State football that are, are released by the school or the conference most often, and kind of go over our head or just we just kind of let it go but this is one that I think we should give some more perspective to uh, can Boise State hang their hat on this uh, can they go into any living room in the country and, and talk to one of their recruits about the options that that recruit faces and say if you want to win nobody can tell you with more credibility than we can that who we play against you will win now, we understand the number one objection is who have you played? And that, in comparison to the second all-time winningest FBS program, is, a, is an easy contrast. It's Ohio State, who have been at the top end of the food chain in college football for uh, longer than Boise State. In fact, I looked at the total number of FBS games that this record was taking into consideration and basically Ohio State's got 1,325 games, Boise State 634 or so games. Uh, Boise State's won 73% of their games, barely edging out Ohio State to have this all-time winningest FBS program title. But let's not take away from it. Let's At, at the same time, I want to give, I guess, credit and have some awareness that it's the all-time winningest program that plays at the FBS level, which includes FCS. You know, it includes schools, excuse me, that aren't at that Power 5 level. Um, and when they get involved in competing with mid- to lower-tiered Power 5 schools and any group of five school, they can still come out with that, and it's extremely impactful. And it should be honored. It, it, it's going to be something that is taken into consideration when you go out looking for an athletic director who can be the caretaker for that kind of reputation. I think it's something they should take pride in. Uh, similar to what I thought was a natural as well for the football program to market the fans at home games at Albertson Stadium, that they create the best home field advantage in college football because they create the most false starts and illegal procedure penalties and have a big impact on the opposing team's offenses. And you have to note those things, nurture them, take care of them, promote them, exploit them, repeat them, and really break through the clutter of all the noise that's out there for a sports fan to pay attention to because that's a considerable accomplishment that should not be taken lightly. And it took 
you know, hundreds of football players and coaches and administrators that have all had a piece and a part of putting Boise State in that position. And, and I think you should just take some consideration of that. The all-time winningest football program in FBS football is Boise State. And, yeah, you can give the caveat that, okay, there's, uh, you know, other schools have played tougher schedules. That's fine. But let's just at least give that uh, some credit. All right, last note uh, for the tail end of this Kingdom of Pod, Boise State football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I uh, last week had an opportunity to see uh, Jai Jones, a linebacker who has committed to Boise State from South Oak Cliff High School in the Dallas area. Some of you know where Oak Cliff is. It's the toughest section of Dallas, Texas. I was surprised when I looked at the crime rates for Oak Cliff that they're every bit as bad or worse, really, uh, than the crime that South Central Los Angeles gets, which I'm very familiar with. That includes Watts, a very tough area. South Oak Cliff and Oak Cliff, very tough area as well. I've come to know more about Jai. Uh, his his um, uh, twin brother plays right next to him at linebacker. Uh, these kids are great students, and I think they have taken care of things in the classroom and actually chose to attend Oak Cliff for some of the reasons uh, to play there, and, 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 and their dad's got it put together for him, and he played uh, football as well. So I have a lot of things going for him, and what Jai Jones has going for him, I mean, he's very aggressive. He's not the tallest kid. I don't think he's even six feet tall. He may be listed at that, but I'd be surprised. He's every bit of 225 pounds. Uh, I just thought he was very effective. I thought he he may have played a little high at times by trying to hit people high, but that's just his aggressive nature, and I think that there's a lot of upside in Jai that uh, Coach Schmetting and the rest of the staff is going to be able to cultivate. Uh, but I was very impressed with anybody that's as aggressive as he is. Uh, his team ultimately ended up winning what was a very important game against Mesquite Poteet, but uh, just wanted to mention that I went out and saw the kid play. He was very impressive, very aggressive, uh, even to the point where maybe that would be one of his weaknesses. But he plays downhill, and what, 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 what that means is that Jai Jones wants to meet you at the line of scrimmage or beyond it, and he comes up to you. And I hope that his development continues because uh, that could mean great things for Boise State. Well, hopefully we'll have great things against BYU. Hope you enjoy uh, that and hope you've enjoyed this Kingdom of Pod Boise State football podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.